0: Andrew John inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle have won.
1: G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast, our live reaction podcast straight after the completion of the Sydney Roosters game. Over the Cronulla Sharks, they of course won that one, 13 points to 12, the Chooks 1-12 1-12 to 12 in a very, very tight affair. There are uh, an unbelievable victory for the Sydney Roosters, to be completely honest with you. When you consider they're going into an elimination final in a final series that I don't think any of us thought they would even be in in the first place, uh, to go to Shark Park against the Sharkies, uh, and obviously without Jared Rea hargraves with Joey Marnew under an injury cloud, Daniel Tupu not in this team either, to then come into that game, lose Daniel Tupu, have the James Tedesco simbin, which was completely fair. I, I think it was the right call by the referee. Uh, I was a bit surprised when all the commentators sort of said, huge call, massive call. I mean, I thought it was the exact right call for the moment. Teddy was not square at marker, and he made a tackle when the Sharks were on the advantage. Um, And, you know, shout out to Nico Hines for making that play and putting Teddy in that position. Um, But I just thought that all those things considered, you know, the Roosters, the last time, you know, when you think about Sam Walker's season, he's played two games um, since coming back. The last time he played was, I think, round seven or round nine against the Cronulla Sharks, funnily enough, when Trent Robinson made the decision to move away from him for him to come in in that game and come up with that sort of play is massive. Um, and you've got to consider as well, like the Roosters are missing a number of other players as well. Connor Watson, who's you know a key part of their side. He hasn't been there all year. They lost to Benoa. Uh, there's been a lot of things. Oh, my God. They, they, they lost Joey Sueli Su- Su- at halftime as well, who was one of their best in the first half. So everything that could have gone against the Roosters essentially did in that game and leading up to it. Um, something's their fault, something's out of their control. JWH, obviously completely his fault. Uh, but other things that have been out of their control just make life very, very difficult. They had every right to lose that game. Uh, and they just found a way to win. It's that sort of grit we've been talking about for the Roosters. I think that's six games in a row. It's also six games in a row they've won where Lindsay Collins has played 55 minutes or more, knocked up, I think, 62 minutes in this game. So uh, pretty special stuff there for Lindsay Collins. He also, obviously, when James Tedesco got simbined, guess who was the guy there to make that tackle? Lindsay Collins came from the other side. I have no idea why he was there. Uh, Unbelievable stuff. But, yeah, look, a huge win for the Sydney Roosters. They will go on, I believe, to play the Melbourne Storm in Melbourne next week. That'll be a huge test for them. Uh, but, yeah, shout-out to the Sydney Roosters. an incredible effort. A couple of guys I want to talk about, obviously, Sam Walker. Came up with some very, very big plays in this game. I thought James Sedesco, outside of the sim bin, which he deserved, I thought he came up with a number of very, very good things in this game. Some half-breaks that he just created out of nowhere. Um, there, was, there was one where he got on the inside of Victor Radley. It was great to see those guys link up once again. Uh, Yeah, I I thought Teddy came up with some very, very good plays tonight. Joey Manu, before he got injured, he was everywhere. Especially on that right edge, he was absolutely carving them to bits. Really gave Sivitalikai a bath on a number of occasions. He was fantastic. Luke Keary, very good as well. I thought Victor Radley, that was probably his best game. I've seen him play for the Roosters in quite some time. I thought he was tremendous, playing huge minutes. It felt like he played 80 minutes. Did he play the whole 80, Victor Radley? Just going to get his stats up now to have a look, but it certainly felt like to me, like Victor Radley was, if he didn't play the 80, fuck, he was everywhere when he was on the field. He was tremendous, Radley. He was absolutely everywhere, just getting to their stats. Now, Victor Radley played, yeah, the full 80 minutes, incredible stuff, Uh, as did Nat Butcher. Uh, Came up with an error at one point, but outside of that was very good. You know who else I thought was fantastic? Brandon Smith. Uh, at Hooker. We spoke about him in the pregame that he has been going very, very well the last few weeks at Hooker, and he was destructive in this game as well. Nine runs for 92 metres, but it was more so just when he chose to run. He picked his moments really, really well. Four tackle bakes for Brandon Smith. 36 tackles, only three missed. Uh, a very good game by Brandon Smith there at nine. I thought he was very, very good. Um, the Roosters, they obviously had injuries throughout the game as well. I think Billy Smith got hurt at one point, which wasn't ideal. Fletcher Baker might have picked something up too off the top of the dome. Um, shout out as well A couple of guys That came off the bench Angus Crichton Jumped on Played 50 minutes Sort of a roaming Centre sort of role He was fantastic Angus Really held his own I think we forget Sometimes that You know the Roosters Have a guy like him Coming off the bench What a tremendous guy To be able to Come off your bench When you consider The time of the season And whatnot. I thought Terrell May He was fantastic as well He came up with that Key offload That led to um, The try In the right corner That Joey Marno Ended up scoring Because so Elite went off That was a very good good offload. He's had a huge few weeks, Terrell May. 54 minutes in this game. Very impressive. 122 run meters, uh, five tackle breaks. He had the offload that was pretty much a fucking try assist. And he made 30 tackles and didn't miss any. So shout out to Terrell May. I was a little bit worried probably a few rounds into the regular season this year if Terrell May was going to end up being the guy that we thought he was going to be. And to be honest with you, over the last few weeks, he's leaped above that. He has been tremendous. The other guy I want to talk about is Sandon Smith. I thought he came up with a couple of huge plays in this game towards the back end. Obviously put in the kick that got a lucky rebound uh, that landed in the arms of Wong. We'll talk about him soon, but he just made a couple of key tackles. Uh, he came up with a big play at one point where he noticed the markers weren't square and he scooted from dummy half to get a big six again. Uh, and yeah some, some of the tackles he made down the right edge he he was very very good in this game Sandon Smith did some very good things he's been a really good find by the Sydney Roosters i think that uh i think he's going to develop into quite a good footballer. i don't know what position he'll be i think he could be a 14 moving forward and you know what? If I'm the Sydney Roosters, I love Connor Watson. He's a fantastic footballer. But I'm sort of looking at Sandon Smith going, geez, is that a few hundred grand that we can maybe save and spend elsewhere? Because I think Sandon Smith would do such a tremendous job as a forwarder. And he can play seven. He can play nine. Sort of jumped in and played a bit of one in little bits and pieces in this game. Um, and he can handle himself at center as well. So Sandon Smith, a very, very good find. Uh, but let's get to him. Wong. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, Siwa Wong, Josh Wong, I've been calling him for a long time. When I first met him, uh, he introduced himself as Josh to me. So I've always called him Josh Wong. Seems to be going with Siwa Wong now. Uh, Regardless, Wong, I thought he was tremendous in this game. He obviously scored the try. That was a pretty big one. uh, But there was just other key moments. There was a tackle he made at one point on Wade Graham, he was cutting through a hole and he came up with a big tackle there when the when the charge downs came at the end of the game. Big ones from Teddy and Kiri, He was the guy to get on those. And I'll tell you what, there was an offload in the first half uh, that just summed up everything I love about this kid. For him to be taking them on with traffic all around him in an elimination final as a starting back rower, to have the ball in his right hand and sense that Joey Manu is not only in support, but in support on the other side of his body and flick it around his body and land it. Honestly, yeah, I, I think I think a lot of people would appreciate just how difficult that is and how much pressure there is on that. It's not like they're in a tri-scoring situation. They're on halfway. So if he gets it wrong, it's it's ridiculous. And the coach probably tears him a new one, and people bag him left, right, and center, and it probably hammers his confidence. But he's just got the ability to do stuff like that. I think Wong, as I've said it for a long time, as you guys know, you're probably sick of hearing about it, but I think he's got such a big future. You have a look at that game, 71 minutes. He obviously scored the try. He had 14 runs for 122 metres, 32 post-contact. He had nine tackle breaks in this game. Nine tackle breaks for Wong. He was tremendous. Uh, would have had a few offloads, I think, two. Yeah, three offloads in this game. 31 tackles. Missed four, to be fair. But 31 tackles, no errors. Uh, had two since the first one for 30 minutes, the next one for 39 minutes. I had a little break just before halftime. Um, he was unreal. I was so impressed with him. Um, and, you know, it's really good when you see these guys that you speak up all offseason and the offseason before that, uh, that they come in. And people just expect these guys that I say could be anything, that they're going to come in and they're going to blow it away. The reality is first grade's fucking hard. It doesn't matter how good you are. First grade is hard and it takes time. And I think, uh, as I told people, you know, he played in the World Cup last year for Fiji. And I said, look, he's a very, very good player, but it's going to take time. Defensively, he's got a lot to learn still. And he still does. But finally tonight, I feel like he turned a bit of a corner that I think Wong would have come from the field and realised, you know what? I can handle myself at this level. I can not only can I handle myself, but I can have an impact and I can I can affect the outcome of games, which he certainly did in this one. So shout out to Wong, tremendous stuff. We love to see it. We'll go into more d- detail during the week, uh, but a very good win by the Sydney Roosters. I thought they had no right to win that game. Realistically, everything went against them, uh, and I'm not sure how many other teams in this competition. Would have won that game uh, if all those things would have happened. If their fullback and Scooper would have got Simbin, if they would have lost, you know, their best outside back Joey Marno, and they would have lost potentially their second best outside back Sua Lee, uh, all before the fifty-minute mark. It was just. It was just real gritty sort of stuff for the Sydney Roosters. And I thought Trent Robinson summed it up really well at the end. I'd advise you go and look at his press conference. They sort of said, mate, what are you going to do next week against Melbourne Storm? And he said, we'll send 17 down there. We'll send 17 guys down in red, white and blue jerseys that we're confident will do a job for us. So how, how much further the Roosters go into finals, I don't know. I'm not overly confident they get through Melbourne in Melbourne coming off that loss. I think this will take a lot out of the Sydney Roosters as well. You've got to remember as well with this Roosters side that you know, for, for for all the other teams, final started this week. You know, they, they went into sudden death footy this week and it all started now. For the Sydney Roosters, they've been playing sudden death footy for five weeks now. They're in week six of their final series. So for them to get up for this game, tremendous. I'm just not sure how much more petrol they're going to have in the tank. I think that a challenge of a Melbourne storm in Melbourne, it might just be a little bit too much. But the storm were awful the other night, whether that means they bounced back in a big way Whether that means they sort of crumble into a heap, I am not too sure. We'll see how that one plays out. But shout out to the Roosters. A tremendous win. uh, Very, very impressive stuff. Uh, The Cronulla Sharks. uh, What an odd game of football. My God. Um, They came out flying early. Kartoa scored. uh, They, you know, they... I don't know. It was a weird game of footy. Both teams created so many opportunities and just kept falling a pass short, seemingly, every single time. Um, you know, with, without highlighting it too much, because shit does happen, and I get that but gee whiz um, Siani Cartella scores the first try brilliant ball from Nico Hines very well played shout out to Britton Nikora. Uh, a great hit up um, the play before to, hope to to draw in five or six players and create that space and Hines obviously jumped down that short side we spoke about it in the preview podcast so he does his best work down the short sides set up a try there he almost set, an, uh, set up another one for Wade Graham but Joey Marnie went for the intercept and knocked it down he's so elusive when he stands behind the ruck and he takes on a side um, but I mean, they ended up losing by one point, and for me, a big talking point, it has to be that missed goal by Braden Trindle, and I don't want to pin it all on him, because that's not fair, it's an 80-minute game of football, but gee whiz, in the NRL, you get kicks from in front, I mean, I'm sorry, but in the NRL, if you're getting kicks anywhere inside tram lines, um, you pretty much have to make them count, and unfortunately, Braden Trindle missed that one, which is sort of compounding, because... I, just, I, I don't understand why Hines wasn't kicking. He ended up taking over the kicking, went for two from two. And I know people will say, oh, it's easy to say that well, after he misses a goal. But he also missed one from in front two weeks ago against the Newcastle Knights. He hit the post. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I I, I I don't really understand why Nico Hines wasn't kicking. And I think that it it should have been him all along. Um, And I think that Nico did a number of good things tonight. He took a lot of responsibility for their attack. I think I I posted on Instagram over the last few weeks, I think he's averaged like 65 touches of the football in the first half. He had 48. So he had his fingerprints all over everything, which is exactly what you want from Nico. 100% exactly what you want. I was a bit surprised that come, you know, their elimination final, he wasn't taking full control of the cooking. Maybe it came down to who was kicking better at training. I don't know. But I, I did think it was odd after Braden Trindle missed a kick from directly in front a few weeks ago against Newcastle Knights. I was sort of thinking, man, why isn't Nico kicking? Um, but anyway, it's a small thing, but... <sighs> Unfortunately, that small thing, in some ways, kind of decided their season. There was so much more water to go under the bridge, and I get that. But, jeez, it's a moment that really stuck with me. Um, yeah, Mulatala, he obviously dropped his first touch of the night. Had a pretty mixed bag. Did score later when the Roosters were down on troops. Uh, down on troops, I mean, when they had the Simbin and Joe Marnie was off the field and whatnot. Uh, but, yeah, look, the Sharkies we have to call it as we see it. I mean, this is a team that was a top-four team last year. Uh, They played the Cowboys at Shark Park. Uh, They got beat there in a high-scoring affair, uh, beaten by a field goal at Shark Park in that game. They then played South Sydney the week after and got blown off the park. Uh, They then get another finals game here where they return to Shark Park and they get beaten by a Roosters side who had just about everything go against them. So... I mean, under Craig Fitzgibbon, they've done very well, the Sharkies. They've made the finals two years on the trot. The halfbacks picked up a Dalian medal. All these guys have improved individual as individuals and as footballers. Uh, but, jeez, I don't know, finals. I think this is this might be a bit of a mental thing the Sharks are going to have to really wrestle with, which is strange because Craig Fitzgibbon as a player definitely never, ever came across like that. But, fuck, it just felt like the Sharkies had the yips throughout that game. As I said, like I, the Roosters were, were, were gritty and they were tough. But they didn't play unbelievable football tonight. They played desperate footy, and I just, I just didn't see that out of the Cronulla Sharks. I, I just simply didn't. There was their, their kick chase all night was a little bit off. There was a lot of uncontested kicks. I just, there was just a number of moments throughout this game that I just sort of went, "Fuck!" Do they realise it's finals footy? It's like the Sharkies were all just sitting around waiting for someone else to do it, except for Nico Hines, to be fair. He went at the game. He attacked it all night. and I felt very sorry for him um, that he he bowed out of this final series because I felt like there was a number of guys that just didn't go with him tonight. I thought he tried hard. I thought Connor Tracy really went at this game. Uh, But just on a number of occasions, other guys just didn't... I don't know, dumb knock ons coming out of their own end, just just stupid plays, time and time again. Um, and you look, it was a close game. We got down to the back end. Nico Hines obviously had two field goals charged down. I will say, I think Nico Hines that 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 field goal process, it is probably the slowest field goal in the NRL. He probably does need to speed that up a little bit. I noticed Sammy Walker, he took his. It was just wham bam. Thank you, man. Um, Nico Hines, and I understand it probably looks slow because he got charged down, but it is something I've noticed before that he needs to have plenty of time to kick these field goals. Um, And yeah, in in, in the final series, you're just not going to have that realistically. So two charge downs there. I thought outside of that, Nico was really good, come up with a number of good plays, created a lot of things, especially down short sides. Uh, He was very, very creative. But yeah, the Sharkies, um, end of their season once again. And uh, once again, we're sitting here, With the Sharkies out of the NRL going, geez, what could have been? Some of the football we saw them play this year was tremendous. And some of the football we've seen them play is the most exciting we've seen them. And you look at them and go, fuck, this could actually be a side that could compete for a premiership this year. Same as we did last year. But then we get to finals when it matters and it just feels like they're a beat off. I don't know what it is. And it's not like, I mean, it it was sudden death footy. They had enough to play for anyway, but throw in that it was Wade Graham's last ever game um, and to, you know, with 30 minutes to go to have all the momentum in the world and for that to happen. I also thought there was a number of times where the Roosters got momentum and the Sharks fought it back. I thought there was one play that Jesse Ramian came up with, took an intercept off Luke Keary after Wong scored his try and they were really starting to roll the Roosters. They were starting to move the ball, starting to get upfield, took that intercept, that turned the momentum completely again and they just i don't know they just weren't able to make it work um so yeah pretty tough pill to swallow there for you sharkies fans i would imagine i think it's a bit of a case of because you know you have a look at their side you go okay hiring for your small business if
0: you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank
1: you got three-gun fullbacks when they're all fit. Um, you know, 5'8", Braden Trindle, I think he does a job. Nico Hines, well and truly, does a job there. So, like, I look at the outside backs. I know people don't – like, a lot of people don't want Talakai in the centres. and Sure, okay, but, like, like I think they've got Itero in the squad, who I think is an absolute gun. I think he's a weapon. But, like, I think if you bring him in now, is there going to be much difference between bringing in Talakai. At least Talakai has experience and, you know, you might not like him – Defensively, he might have a couple of errors, but I mean, he's running for you know 160 odd meters per game at center. Like he, he, is valuable in his own way as well. So I'm happy to make changes there if you want, but I, I, it's not like it's not like a shining huge problem that you can see from a mile away. Um, you know, front row forwards. When Hamlin Welles fit, you know, Toby Rudolph, all these guys are good. Blake Braley's great. Brit Nicara on one edge, he's fantastic. You wouldn't change him for the world. The other edge. You you know, obviously Wade Grainford in this year, he won't be there next year, so you're probably looking at a Teague Wilton, uh, Jesse Colquhoun. You know, m- maybe there's a problem there, but, I mean, pretty solid dudes to have. Cam McInnes or Dale Finucane at 13. Matt Moylan's not even making the squad. Iro's not making the squad. Atkinson's not making the squad. I mean, it's a bloody good team. Jaden Beryl's not making the squad. And then you've just got to sort of ask yourself, well, What's wrong with this side? Why why can't they be successful? Why aren't they competing on the big stages? And I, and I know that that might seem harsh because they lost by one point here, but I personally thought a lot of things went the Sharkies way tonight. I think a lot of things went against the Roosters, and all the Sharkies had to do to win this game was show a bit of grit, and they had a couple of key moments where they made bad mistakes. Blake Braley probably I, – I thought he went at that ball a little bit too hard trying to get it down – <clears throat> he ended up knocking the ball on over the line. Jesse Raymond had another half opportunity where he knocked the ball on. A lot of chances completely squandered by the Cronulla Sharks in this game. And <clears throat> I've got to be honest with you, it was a little bit disappointing to listen to the post-game press conference. And you know, Craig Fitzgibbon straight away spoke about referee decisions, and Craig Fitzgibbon brought up how he thought Cam McKinnis scored. And I don't know, it sort of felt like there was a shift of responsibility from the Cronulla Sharks to the referees, which 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 I thought was a bit average. And look, I've only watched. The press conference won once. Maybe I need to go back and and watch it again, and I'm happy to be wrong on that. That was just my initial vibe when I first listened to the press conference was sort of like, yeah, it sort of felt like the Sharkies were sort of shifting blame a little bit. I mean, it's three games now. You've had two at home in finals games um, against teams that you're below the ladder on. I mean, that you're above the ladder on. Yeah, I don't know. And I mean, like, you, you go into this game missing Will Kennedy, yeah, missing Hamlin Welle, sure. Uh, missing Dale Finucane. So you did have a few outs, but I mean, you had Nico Hines, you had Blake Braley, you had your outside backs, you had Connor Tracy who, I don't know, if Will Kennedy was fit, would you have swapped him? I don't know if you would have, to be completely honest with you. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the go is with the Sharkies. I don't know. But it kind of feels like they've got a bit of the yips at the moment. It kind of feels like they've got the yips of the big games. And look, obviously, Craig Fitzgibbon, he's in the very early parts of his coaching career. Uh, I've had Craig Fitzgibbon on the podcast, champion fella. He's a fucking out-and-out out winner. I know he is. Saw him play his entire career, and from speaking to him that day, I, I, know, I know the sort of bloke he is. I know the sort of competitor he is. Uh, but there are a lot of question marks around at the moment, and it will be interesting. If they were to do this for another season, I think question marks, or at least questions, would, would, would start to be asked of Craig Fitzgibbon and if he can take them to that next level. Um, really, really interesting. Really interesting side, the Sharkies. It'll be, I cannot wait to watch them over the next few seasons because they feel like a side to me that if this keeps happening this way, they could potentially just fall into a heap over the next few years. But I equally look at them and go, fuck, I've got a team that could win a comp in the next two years. they have got a team that could walk away from tonight and take last year and learn hard lessons and come back and blow it away over the next few years and be really, really competitive. Because as I just said, I just went through their squad. There's no problems with it. There's no issues with it. Maybe it's a personnel thing. Maybe Craig Fitzgibbon has to start to make some moves as coach and bring guys in and whatnot, which is hard to do. You can't really do it overnight. But we're now heading into year three of Craig Fitzgibbon, and he'll probably have to make some changes, whether it's a personnel thing, whether it's an attitude thing. I'm not quite sure what it is because they seem to compete pretty hard during the season, but they just get to this finals period, and it genuinely almost feels like the yips. And This is where they've got to be really careful that it doesn't become like a bit of a psychological block. Um, Yeah, a a lot of people throwing around the chokers tag at the moment, which, um, you know what, I I, I can understand where where you're coming from. And I, I remember talking to Jamie Soward a few weeks ago, that chokers tag that they got in 2009, and just how hungry they were to shake that, and they managed to. They went on to win the comp just the next season. So, yeah, hopefully the Sharkies can bounce back from this. It is a very, very tough one to take. Just want to wish Wade Graham all the very best. It's been a fantastic career. He's obviously been a great player. But as a bloke as well, just in our game, he's been tremendous. Debut as a 17-year-old for the Penrith Panthers. I still remember the day watching it. Uh, Looks so, so young, so skinny. Go back and look at those pictures. It's crazy to see what he's become. Made the move to the Cronulla Sharks. Obviously a big career move for Wade. And of course, you know, won the inaugural premiership for the Cronulla Sharks. Went on to be their club captain. Uh, one of the greatest Sharkies ever. He really is. And honestly, one of my favourite ball players ever. Um, one of my players ever. But but my, one of my favourite players ever because he was a ball playing forward, and he was so good. He was essentially a second five eight playing down that left edge with a left foot kicking game. Very very hard to replace that, and a very special player to have. And whenever he played for New South Wales as well, it was fantastic. Wade. I remember him playing in Perth. Uh, that game that we wore, like the 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 weird ass jersey. I remember he had an absolute blinder in the in the rain over there that game and had a number of very good games for the New South Wales Blues. A tremendous play at Wade Graham. Want to wish him all the very best in retirement. He's obviously going to be popping his head around media and whatnot, doing a bit of work on the radio. So I really do hope he's the he's a guy that I cross paths with one day. Uh, because I've got a lot of respect for Wade and I think uh I think he's got a lot to offer the game now off the field, but a tremendous career, a tremendous bloke, and a very sad. Uh, to see how it ended tonight for Wade Graham. But he can hold his head high. A fantastic career. One of the greatest sharks we've ever seen. And a premiership winner, a kangaroo, and a New South Wales Blues representative. How good. Congratulations to Wade. Unlucky how it finished. Shout out to the Roosters. A gritty, gritty win there. And they go on to next week to take on the Melbourne Storm down there.